0: I'm the Inca slash rapper that you never thought would happen. Commentary get it cracking like pads when they start whacking. Applaud like studio audience audio. It's to rob you sports to show. Is that so? Rob you sports count down the kickoff. I spark conversation like flicking a big off. Late nights flows and shows like Leno. Sports book probably like Vegas or Reno. Bodyguard Gino and Sky Boss Casino the Nino fella from Food and Beverage, Robert Robbie U Federal Nick's Golden Boy Two Leverage Bingo jackpot plays like Traciette. It's Rob U Sports. You down? Get set? Ready? It's Rob U Sports. You down? Get set? Ready? It's Rob U Sports. You down? Get set? Ready? Season six, break the huddle, keep it steady. And yo yo yo, and welcome back to the Rob U Sports Stew Show. NFL 2023 season going into week number nine. And as some of y'all may or may not have noticed, I did take a bye week on week eight. So, you know, sometimes I just need to take a break from everything and chill out and get my mind right and think about future priorities, future goals. And, you know... I'm a family man. I'm a businessman. So every now and then, I just want to just take a chill time. So I said, man, I'm not going to do a podcast or episode for week eight. And, you know, I took some personal time. I took some leave. (laughs) I took a little, you know, me time and skipped the podcast. So if any of y'all did miss the podcast, you know, I appreciate that. If y'all didn't even notice, <laughs> don't even worry about it. It's all good too. It's all good. Also, I was just thinking about other ways and other platforms and topics to bring y'all outside of just Rob U Sports trying to bring more, you know, uh universal and popular and talking point type topics. Or things I can discuss with a broader audience in an effort to try to grow the platform and the fan base and the following to and reach another level. Not that I don't appreciate those who do enjoy the Rob U Sports show, but I definitely would like to increase my audience with you know various different topics and talking points that may appeal to a broader audience. But anyway, getting back to NFL. Week nine. So, without my picks for week eight, bringing over my wins and losses from week seven, I'm currently at a 56 and 45 overall record. So, you know, this is the part of the season where it looks like a lot of these games can go either way. And this season has just been. <laughs> this season has been something else with some of these close games and some of these calls and some of the effort that these plays have been given on various plays here and there. But you know, we're not going to get into all that, but uh, on Thursday night, there was a matchup between the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now the Tennessee Titans appear to be going with their young, uh, up and coming rookie quarterback and, uh, Also, the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to triumph with a final score. Pittsburgh 20 over the Tennessee Titans 16. And the game largely won by that Pittsburgh ground-and-pound running game and a strong defense. And as the week also wound down, there was a surprise firing on Halloween night the ghosts, the ghouls came and got Josh McDaniels from the Raiders head coaching position. So Josh McDaniels, the famed golden boy of the Belichick coaching family tree slash coaching bush slash extended coaching family was fired from the Las Vegas Raiders by owner Davis. And this comes after, you know, two, basically two seasons or a season and a half of subpar record, you know, subpar roster management. And, you know, there were things going on with this organization under Josh McDaniels' leadership that will make you might want to scratch your head. For example, last year he comes in and, you know, there was rumblings and rumors of him not getting along with Star running back Josh Jacobs and Jacobs goes out and has a career year, leads the league in rushing, and then they try to lowball him and don't want to give him a good contract or, a, you know, he was he was almost basically going to sit out the season or, you know, sit out of training camp and everything, but uh, that was kind of like a head scratcher. Then you know trade away a talented seeming talented young tight end in Darren Waller from the Raiders and that that was kind of questionable but you know probably came to be something like okay he wants his guys you know maybe Waller's not gronk enough for him (laughs) he wants he wants to get his guys so he went and got one of his former guys Jimmy Garoppolo and brought him into the fold and Garoppolo was not able to stay healthy or maintain a level of effectiveness on field and this is after the team has a blockbuster deal with the green bay packers to bring in superstar receiver Devonte adams and Devonte adams has not been gun shy hesitant or closed mouth about feeling disappointed in the season and the level of excellence he sets for himself and the level of greatness he sets for himself in. Wanting also to do that for his team, and it just seems like you know he just really wasn't feeling was what was going on in the organization, and he was letting it be known. So it was a lot of things going on with that McDaniel's led Vegas Raider team, and supposedly, allegedly, or possibly, the straw that brought the camels back was after that loss on Monday night. Josh McDaniel shows up at the facility dressed as the owner mark davis and supposedly (laughs) mark davis wanted to top off the outfit by ordering him some food from a restaurant that he frequents and the food comes with a fortune cookie and when mcdaniels opened the fortune cookie it said you're fired (laughs) now that's allegedly now i don't know all the details but this is what certain other media outlets have you know, disclose, I don't know how accurate that is, but some other media outlets such as, uh, you know, speak with Shady McCoy. He did mention that he met with the New England Patriots during his, you know, rookie, I guess, rookie days or rookie, you know, when you're coming into the league and you meet with teams so they can get an idea of who you are as a player and a man and everything like that. But he said when he met with the Patriots, he was really just kind of taken aback by how arrogant Josh McDaniels appeared or seemed or basically is. So that definitely probably did not translate well in that locker room when you have so many different players coming from, you know, different backgrounds. But also, you know, I think a lot of players want to play for somebody they feel they can rally behind and support and you know root for as a coach and as a man and when you constantly beefing with your players and you know coaching is one thing but beefing with your players or trying to one up your players or you know throw your weight around with your players it's it's not going to really gain you a lot of support in that locker room especially when you're not winning and you appear to think you're a genius but your techniques and techniques and tactics offensively are not bearing any fruit and even something as far as you know picking a quarterback you would rather go back to someone who you had a relationship with even though he's injury prone rather than hang on a Derek Carr who you know you just for whatever reason did not like him or you know you already had a list of guys you wanted to get rid of i.e. Waller, Jacobs, Derek Carr and bringing your own, you know, guys to fit your mold of who you wanted to, to bring in. But, I mean, once again, it's just showing that these coaches from the Belichick disciples, they cannot always handle the being a leader of men as a head coach in the football, in National Football League. And Josh McDaniels has gotten, this is now his second or basically third opportunity to be a head coach, While some of these qualified minority candidates and also defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, who y'all already know the names, they're not getting these opportunities. So definitely a double standard and definitely a learning lesson, I think, for a lot of owners and general managers who think You know, you can just bring in a big-name coach or a big splash hire, and it's going to bear fruit. It's going to make you a winner. It's going to improve your your roster and your team and your morale and your culture. It's not that easy. And some of these guys became made men because somebody else was earning their bones. And, you know, it's like you got guys who... Are the players who are making these some of these coordinators look better than they are or you have systems in place or leadership structure in place and they don't have to do the heavy lifting they don't have to spend time with players or you know give speeches and coach guys up and talk strategy and talk life and talk what needs to be spoken at what at this very at each their various time to each various player, and that's part of being a coach these coaches these players want to be able to relate to you they want to feel like you' all have a common goal even outside of winning football, you may want to play for him to help him improve his record as a coach. he wants to coach you up to help you get your next contract or stay in the league or become a better player or improve your skills you know. it's it's about film it's about strategy it's about camaraderie it's about unity and that's not a lot of things i believe that this Raider organization had under the leadership of josh mcdaniels you know he probably brought a lot of that patriot stuff there and you know speaking down talking down on players you know you just come in and you're ready to get rid of some of your best players that's a red flag right there why you want to get rid of Darren Waller, why you want to get rid of Josh Jacobs? Why you want to get rid of Derek Carr for Garoppolo when Garoppolo's injury-prone is injury prone just because he's your friend or you know him and he knows you? So it was a lot of things going on with that Josh McDaniels uh, regime, but owner did finally decide to let him go, and now there will be interim head coach Antonio Pierce coming from the defensive side of the ball, former former Super Bowl winning linebacker of the Raiders, I'm sorry, the Redskins, Commanders and also the New York Giants for those teams with Straighthand and Eli and you know Coughlin. So Antonio Pierce comes in as the Raiders new head coach and interim the room different swagger different energy different mentality different voice different perspective they're saying he's more of a player's coach and for good reason he was a player in the league so he's not just going off of what worked for somebody else or you know xyz he's he's going off of well you know i've been in these guys shoes I know what it's like, I've, you know, I've walked this, I've walked this mile in his shoes. So that's automatic respect. That's automatic <clears throat> trust in the coach because, you know, you know, there's a definitely a method behind his madness because he's he's been where you are. And, you know, he has a love for the game and a love for the franchise because he's expressed that. And, you know, he's from that area so he's from he's from where the the Raiders originated from before they moved to Vegas and everything so he's been a lifelong fan of the of the franchise and the team and he's also someone who's very invested in football being a coach and a former player super bowl winner so i think it's definitely a good look for the Raiders to have a fresh energy and a fresh leadership fresh voice and fresh face of the franchise, because just Josh McDaniels just really wasn't getting it done, and it's just like, how many times do these same candidates of coaches get these same opportunities and squander them, or they're not able to be productive or have long last long longevity in their position? Now Antonio Pierce, will be interesting to see how much success he has the remainder of the year. And also after this season, how will owner Davis go forward with trying to replace Antonio Pierce? Or will he actually give Antonio Pierce an opportunity to try to be the leader of the team for maybe two or three years on a trial basis? Or will he just try to bring in somebody fresh, you know, new, new big name coach coming in the following season? But we'll see. So. That's what's been going on with the Las Vegas Raiders now under new leadership. And as the trade deadline wound down, the new leadership of the Washington Commanders wanted to get rid of some of these young defensive ends, and they were able to trade away Montez Sweat, defensive end to the Bears, and also trade away second- or third-year player, young the defensive end to the 49ers so commanders adding some equity adding some value with draft picks and we know that that new ownership group with the washington commanders will definitely try to reload rebuild and retool that team where they feel they need pieces and who knows what they will do with the coaches as well in place for example, Juan Rivera, Eric Bienemy, and also President Wright. But we'll see. And other news, it has been a lot of injuries at quarterback this year. And one of the things about the quarterback position in the NFL and in football in general is like, that's one of the positions where you usually always going to need a good backup because you never know when your quarterback may go down and how long he may be out for. And a lot of these quarterbacks this year have been getting injured, and we have been seeing... We have been seeing a lot of different quarterbacks come in to play for some of these organizations. So a lot of these quarterbacks have just been getting injured and going down this season, and it's just something that... Something I guess is just part of the is part of the game now, but we still have quarterbacks out. Like I mean, well, Daniel Jones is, is expected to come come out, and I believe Justin Field. I mean, Daniel Jones is expected to return, but um, we still have you know, of course, Aaron Rodgers out. Zach Wilson is in. Deshaun Watson, I believe, is going to re- return this week. Ryan Tannehill, but I believe now he's been more like benched. Anthony Richardson, who's been lost for the season, so in comes Gardner Minshew. Kirk Cousins, who's been lost for the season. And Kirk Cousins was definitely having a good season. And he kind of goes under the radar sometimes because of his lack of playoff success. But Kirk Cousins is actually a, a very solid, good quarterback, despite, you know, he can't do everything on the team, but he has had some good passing and some good wins and some good games, even when his defense hasn't been able to have his back, but he could be a valuable commodity on this free agency coming up when he returns from his injury, but he'll be out for the rest of the season. And uh, Matthew Stafford will probably be out for a little while. And Kyler Murray, interesting. He supposedly was practicing, but he's still not going to come out and play yet. So, it's been a lot of injuries, and then there was the whole Deshaun Watson thing of does he want to play, is he is he going to play, is he really injured? They cleared him, but he's not playing. So, But a lot of injuries with the quarterback position, it's always good to have a, a solid backup, or at least if you don't have a solid backup, a strong defense and a strong running game. And just looking at the first half and the second half of the NFL season, I think in the first half of the season you kinda have you kinda get to gauge your expectations of an NFL team versus their reality. And when I say that I mean like coming into the season, rather you a fanboy or a fanatic or, you know, a homer or you just have one team you, you like and you, you follow everything roster wise or what they're doing and player personnel, coaching you're going to look at your roster and based upon who's on your roster, you're going to come into the season feeling like, okay, my offense should be like this. My defense should be like that. But after a few weeks of the NFL and seeing the competition your team is facing, you'll then have a time to kind of reassess or revalue or, you know, reevaluate your decision or how good you think your team is or what what are their strong points this season? What are their weak points? You know, if you really dig into, into statistics or fantasy football, you know, what is our defense looking like? You know, what's our average, you know, passing yards per game that we give up? What's the average rushing yards we give up, you know, how many touchdowns have we allowed, you know, what's our third down, efficiency what are we looking like are we getting off the field or are they are we letting them get first down what are we looking like in the red zone you know these are things that are really going to show you those those key numbers that are really going to indicate what's your plus minus are you turning the ball over more you know what are your penalties looking like these things are going to show you what's your team really working with as the first half of the season is over now a lot of fans may have temper their expectations (laughs) and as the first half of the season some fans may be getting more hype or more you know motivated or into it or feeling like yeah this is this might be our year we're looking good or you know we're looking strong or we just we're getting hard at the right time so also the first half of the season is like the healthy half of the season or it's like you know a lot of players are coming into the season ready for at least week one or opening day you know As the season wears on, players are getting injured week in and week out. Concussions, Achilles, knee, leg, foot, turf toe, thumb, you know. So as it gets down to the second half of the season and the final stretch going into playoff time, I think it gets more about having a good defense, especially as the weather changes when teams maybe can pass less or there's more wind or players' hands, you know, hands are numb from the cold. You wanna have a strong defense and you wanna have a strong running attack. And that's when the running back value really comes into effect. When you need to milk that clock late in us late in the season or in the playoffs so you can control the time of possession and don't give somebody another chance. When you when you need somebody to carry that load for you and the team you're playing against has that's a great secondary, but they don't have good, you know, good tackling or they're not physical. So I just think the second half of the NFL season is more like, you know, rolling with the punches of whatever injuries players may have, establishing that run game for the final stretch and also fine tuning that defense for the playoff time. If you're one of those teams who want to make it. So as we wind down, Coming down the the beginning of the first, second half of the season, (laughs) you know, it's 18 weeks now. So as we wind down the first half and go into the beginning of the second half of the season, week nine, Pharaoh Knicks picks. I got two games of the week. Dallas at Philly, Buffalo at Cincinnati. Now, both of these games – prime time, you know, high-powered offenses, you know, star players here and there, everywhere, nice defenses, nice coaching. I mean, looking at Dallas and Philly, you know, I give the edge head coach-wise to Seriano, playbook-wise to the Eagles quarterback. Jalen Hurst gets the edge over Dak, but it's not, in my opinion, that far of a gap. I think if Jalen Hurst is a nine, Dak is a seven, or at least a six and a half. And then when it comes to the running back game, I just have not seen the consistency out of Pollard. However, he and the the depth of the Dallas Cowboys can do some things. And also with the Philadelphia Eagles, I have seen some good things out of the backfield from, from uh, Swift. He's been impressive. And we know that the quarterback will make a run when necessary. When it comes to the receiving core, Eagles just have such a talented, deep receiving core led by A.J. Brown. And he asked for the ball. He got the ball and he's been catching every ball. So he knows how to he knows how to do what he does and he does it well. And he's not afraid to speak up and let the offensive coordinator or quarterback know, just throw it anywhere near me, I got you. And we'll see if C.D. Lamb can continue some of his more explosive performances. And Dallas also has some decent depth at receiver, but they have not always been consistent with their performance week in and week out. And when it comes to the O-line and D-line, Uh, Philly may have an edge on the offensive line, but Dallas does have a solid O-line when they have their good guys healthy. D-line-wise, I think the Eagles do have a solid stout defense if line, but with Dallas, you have to be aware of splash player Micah Parsons. Will he be able to get two hurts, or will the Eagles find a way to keep him hands off? And then when it comes to the linebackers, I just think both of these teams have solid linebacking core and you know hard to hard to go either way. As far as the secondary, these both teams both also have solid secondary. So this is a very evenly matched game, not to mention division, rivalry, foes, bad blood, you know, playoff implications, you know, division rankings, so it's, it's, it's going to be a good one and then buffalo cincinnati head coach wise i would give the edge to the bengals quarterback wise i would also go with burrow josh allen is not though far from Bur- burrow however and josh allen is more of a complete athlete as far as scrambling and doing things with his legs but burrow has been that good this year especially coming back from some injuries high ankles he's been doing this thing and when it comes to the running game i have heard that the Buffalo Bills are bringing in Leonard Fournette to go along with, with Cook. But also, the Bengals have a solid running back. And they have they have been doing some nice things at, at running back. So, therefore, I'm going to give the slight edge to the Bengals running back mixing over the Buffalo Bills running back by committee. When it comes to the receiving cores, however the Bengals the Bengals do have an edge over the Buffalo Bills but it's it is close but Chase and Burrow just have a great connection and they also have some nice some nice role players at receivers who, who make some nice things happen and with Buffalo Bills of course Diggs Diggs has been doing some great things as well and he has some nice depth as well at receiver but I would just give the slight edge to the Bengals because they just seem like a more explosive team to me at the present time. When it comes to the O-lines, I probably would say the Bengals may have a slight edge there. And when it comes to D-line, I would give the edge to the Buffalo Bills with Vernon, Vernon Davis. <laughs> with Davis coming off the edge, I would, I would have to go with... I will have to go with the Buffalo Bills defensive end coming off the edge because because he he's just he's he's just been he's been doing some good things coming back from injury and he's gonna he's gonna definitely get after he's gonna definitely get out try to get after Joe Burrow. So um uh, I just I just feel like the the Buffalo Bills defensive line, I mean, don't get me wrong now the the Cincinnati Bengals do have a nice defensive line as well, but I would just say, I believe that I mean, Shaq Lawson. And you know they got they got some they got some nice some nice players on the on the defensive line, and uh, you know I just I just think they're gonna do some things. <laughs> I just think they're gonna do some things. But when it comes to the defensive backs, I did hear that the Buffalo Bills will be activating Josh Norman for this game. Now of course Norman has the expense experience, and you know the 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 know how and some definitely some a lot of, a lot of fight and a lot of grit. But coming against this Cincinnati Bengals receiving core with so much speed and so much youth, will Josh Norman be able to keep up with these guys, or will he play more of a safety role and just kind of hang back in coverage? well we'll see but i would give the i would say that i would say that the secondaries are pretty evenly matched and special teams wise i couldn't really couldn't really make a determination there but stay tuned for my pick coming up in block two of the rob u sports Two show and without further ado It's block two. So week nine, Pharaoh Knicks picks. Yes, Pharaoh Knicks picks. So when it comes to the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs, kicking off in Frankfurt, Germany, early morning game, I say that the Miami Dolphins just have too much speed and too many weapons. While Kansas City Chiefs does have a lot of speed and weapons, They have not been clicking on all cylinders this year as years before. And I think they've become too reliant on Travis Kelsey. And also trying to get Mahomes to always have to manufacture points and first downs and touchdowns. So I'm going to go Dolphins 27 over the Chiefs 23, but we'll see. When it comes to Chicago at New Orleans, New Orleans just has too many weapons. And Chicago with their backup quarterback and not a lot of weapons. I don't think they have a chance to win against the Saints. i say New Orleans 31 over Chicago 19. Then we have the Arizona Cardinals going to face the Cleveland Browns with that defense, that running game, and with... Deshaun Watson supposedly returning. I say Cleveland 20 over Arizona 16. Then we have Los Angeles Rams taking on the Green Bay Packers. I say Los Angeles Rams 26 over the Packers 17. Then we have the Minnesota Vikings at Atlanta Falcons. I say Minnesota 24, Falcons 23. Then we have Seattle at Baltimore. This should be a good matchup. Two good defenses, two good offenses, and which team will come out on top? Well, uh, I say that Seattle defense will be able to cover those Baltimore receivers. I say Seattle 27 over Baltimore 20, but this could go either way, and this should be a good game. And we have Tampa Bay at Houston. I say Tampa Bay 20 losing the Houston 26. And then the Washington Commanders at the New England Patriots. I think this will be a slow grinded out game. Defensive chess piece. Playing type vibes. <laughs> so I say New England 17 defeating the Commanders 13. And then we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Carolina Panthers. And Carolina Panthers head coach Frank Reich will face off against his old team, the Indianapolis Colts. And I think in this matchup, the Colts and Gardner Minshew will find a way to gets a few more points on the board than the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young with a final score, Indianapolis 23 over the Panthers 20, but we'll see. Then we have the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles in one of my games of the week, and this is going to be a nice one, I believe. And as long as the Cowboys keep it competitive, I think it'll be action-packed. Now, if the Philly just comes out and they're just doing too much and the Cowboys can't keep pace, it'll be a blowout. But I say Dallas 24 in a competitive game, losing to the Eagles by three, Philly 27. Then we have New York Giants at Las Vegas Raiders, now rejuvenated, re-energized, reinvigorated with Antonio Pierce taking the helm as head coach. I say Vegas 17 over the Giants 10. Then we have Buffalo 27 over the Bengals 31 in a high-scoring offensive explosive game. And then we have the Los Angeles Chargers at the New York Jets. And I say Chargers will defeat the Jets with a final score. Los Angeles Chargers 20 at New York Jets 17. And this concludes another episode of the Rob U Sports Stew Show. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Be safe, be blessed, and I'll see you on the next.